Podcast for the working cowboy. Oh, hey there, fellas. And ladies, there are many ladies. I had a lady subscriber on uh, Patreon today, so appreciate that. Uh, Bridget, I believe. I hope you don't get the wrong impression. Um, this is not that type of Patreon. It is strictly for dick jokes, not for dick showing. Um, you got to pay way more than the $5 a month to get that. And um, yeah, anyway, it's it's not worth it anyway. So if, if you're, if we're really being honest, um, but anyway, I hope, uh, I hope y'all are having a good week. It's uh <laughs> boy everything is uh is getting ready to be real uh real busy real crazy and um the news cycle is no different no different at all um Aaron speaking of crazy uh he is off at the movies with his wife I guarantee you it's a gay movie because uh Aaron is secretly gay and he likes to uh, try to disguise it. We all know better, and it's fine. Do your thing. You got a you got a really lovely wife and kids. Um, I don't know why you got to lie to yourself, but hey, do it for the kids. All right. Anyway, Aaron's out this week, uh, treating his his lovely wife to to a gay movie. Um, uh. Speaking of things that are kind of gay and and I don't know exactly what to think of them. uh, This is a, this is a weird one. Um, Honestly, like really, really fucking weird. Uh, So this is from Washington post, which is a reliable source of news because Jeff Bezos owns it. And uh, yeah, he, he, uh, I wish Jeff Bezos today had bought um, the Washington Post as opposed to like Jeff Bezos back when he actually did buy uh, the Washington Post because now he just looks like he's like living the life of a billionaire and uh, doing his own thing and not really fucking worried about meddling in, um, you know, global politics. So anyway, um, now, Washington Post is a, just an awful source of journalism, but for whatever reason, and uh, myself included, um, people still take them seriously. And um, like I said, I don't know why, but um, uh, Edward Snowden is now a Russian citizen. The headline, as you see, Putin grants citizenship. Um, that's not exactly true at all. Um, it, I don't know if it is untrue, um, but um, if you listen to, there's a show called Breaking Points, which uh, I don't agree with uh, the two hosts of the this particular news podcast. I don't agree with them on much of anything policy wise, and their hot takes a lot of the time I think are super cringeworthy. Um, however, they cover a lot of, uh, a lot of news stories that I, I find very, uh, very valuable that I probably wouldn't have heard, uh, about otherwise. And, uh, it's one of my main sources of, uh, of news that I, at least I have to go take a, another look into. <clears throat> and, um, but anyway, if you listen to breaking points with uh crystal and Sager, uh, from, today as i'm recording this so that's the 
September, what is it? 27th, I believe. Yeah. 27th. Um, at the end of that episode, they did an interview with Glenn Greenwald, who is the guy that, uh, Edward Snowden, uh, initially contacted, um, Glenn Greenwald is a, is an excellent journalist. He is a, like a hardcore left winger socialist type, but he does really, really good, uh, journalistic work. He, uh, he takes his job as a, uh, as a journalist very seriously and reports on stories that are relevant and important. And he was one of the, the first people that, um, that Edward Snowden had, uh, had contacted, um, when, when he leaked all of his, uh, whistleblower information to the, to the press, which that's one thing that I like needs to be made clear way more clear that they, than they made in this article here in the Washington post, uh, who won a uh, Pulitzer prize, uh, by the way, they won a Pulitzer prize on their reporting that they did, uh, from the documents that were released by Edward Snowden, a Pulitzer prize. And, uh, in this article, uh, I believe it has been, uh, edited since then but the way they uh like they made it real clear that edward snowden is still on uh you know under charges for or facing charges under the espionage act which is a an absolute horseshit law which was uh, put into place to uh put journalists and anti-war activists in jail uh anybody who spoke out against uh the u.s entry into world war one uh, that the law is still on the books and is uh, one of the laws that one Donald J. Trump is being uh, prosecuted, um, you know, or supposedly in violation of, or at least uh, being under investigation of violating the Espionage Act. <coughs> anyway, it's a horseshit act. Uh, Edward Snowden, if you don't remember, is a former in a NSA. Um, analyst and contractor, uh, government contractor who released a whole bunch of information. Um, most of it pertaining to the way that the United States government was illegally, illegally unconstitutionally spying on essentially every, every adult, um, and several non-adults, in the United States through the, their cell phone metadata. And, um, and as, as a matter of fact, their uh, <clears throat> the, the NSA director lied under oath to Congress that, uh, that such uh, spying was even taking place in the first place. Um, so uh, regardless of how you feel about him on a political stance, but if you, if you value privacy at all and, uh, and the fact that the, well, the constitution due process, um, all of that. Um, if you, if you believe in any of that, uh, whistleblower protection, <clears throat> then you should be on the side of, of Edward Snowden. Um, the argument that the government makes is that in, in exposing all these records, he also exposed, um, the ways that we were spying on our allies and, uh, potential, uh, sources, uh, and methods that we didn't want to get out to the public because, uh, China and Russia and whoever the fuck else might be able to replicate them. And also it kind of looks bad when we call, uh, Germany and the, the United Kingdom and Spain and whoever else that we spied upon, uh, we call them some of our closest allies in the world. And, uh, and yet here it is in, uh, you know, in bold print that, Hey, uh, yeah, we spied on you too, buddy. Um, nothing personal, nothing personal, just, uh, it's how the game works, right? We gotta, we're all spying on everybody. Uh, and I've come to accept that, but, um, up until Edward Snowden leaked all this stuff to the press, um, 
as a whistleblower, by the way, as a whistleblower, um, yeah, we didn't know the true extent of how, <clears throat> how much, how often, and, uh, and to what detail the government was actually spying on us. So anyway, you can, uh, you can have all whatever opinions you think of on, on Edward Snowden. Um, but now he, he is, a. I think he started the process back uh, last year, or the year before had a lot to do with COVID. He has a wife who, uh, that what they, I guess they, they essentially gave him the Russian green card. I don't know if that's a red card. Um, I don't know if they still recognize like the red as the main color being, you know, a former communist country. Um, so do they give him a red card or a green card or a yellow card? Uh, I would imagine, um, given Russia's take on, uh, on the gay stuff over there, the rainbow card is, uh, is not given out unless you're like, headed straight for the gulag, I don't think. <laughs> but once again, I've not been to Russia. And I've not really studied them a whole hell of a lot, so I don't know how how their their badge system works. Um, anyhow, um, they uh, they gave him permanent residency in uh, I think in 2020, and, and now like right almost like exactly at the same time that they announced their. Uh, their war mobilization, which will also well, this this uh, it's going to be a Russia heavy episode. Um, Russia China, it's a it's a doozy. Um, anyway, so this guy he leaks a bunch of, a bunch of information. Uh, does it as a whistleblower, expecting to get some sort of protection because uh, he's like, hey. People ought to know that the government is spying on fucking everybody. And they say they're not doing it. They said, you know, in front of Congress under oath that they're not doing it, but uh, they totally fucking are. I got, I got the receipts. And so he leaks them out, and uh, he got no whistleblower protection. Like, none. He was, uh, he was. Uh, branded as a traitor and a spy, and um, then there went on. It was I forget how long it was, but it was a couple months, I believe. And there was like this big wild goose chase of where's Snowden? You know, it was kind of like where's Hunter back in the day, and uh, you know, I guess it was where's where's Joe during the, the during the campaign? <laughs> but this one's was where's Snowden? Well, he he hit out, yeah, I believe it was in Hong Kong. Um, I don't believe it was mainland China, but I think it was, it was in Hong Kong. Um, he was hiding out now. And he had finally secured uh, asylum status in Ecuador or somewhere. But the problem was he had to get from Hong Kong to Ecuador. Um, and um, it was, it was kind of a dicey transition, but they got. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I listened to his his, his book, uh, an audio book, here a while back. So I'm not I'm not rich on what was going on, but it was like right right after I started this podcast, a couple months after I listened to his audio book, and really really interesting. But essentially, um. There were, there were there were only so many different ways to get to Ecuador. That's that's where where he, where he was granted asylum. They had to get from Hong, Hong Kong to there, and, and, and um, the, 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 the Obama, Obama administration squeezed on a bunch of different countries uh, that would not let him fly through there. So his 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 only available route. Was uh, uh, through, through Moscow and then, and then over to somewhere, somewhere in South America. I can't remember. I, I, I think, believe it was Ecuador, but I don't. It, it might might have been Panama. Fuck, who knows? I don't know. That's that's irrelevant at the moment. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that, that part's even pertinent to the story. Either way, 
to get to, to get where he was going in South, South America. America. He had to, he had to go, go through Moscow. And, and in, the meantime, in the meantime, while he's uh, uh, waiting to catch his, uh, you know, his, his transfer, transfer flight, flight. So he gets on a plane, I don't know how long, how long his layover was, but I like a couple hours or something. And in the meantime, like, he is, like, like one of the, one of the number one, like, worldwide uh, news topics. Where's Edward Snowden? He's on the moon. He's on the moon. Where's he at? at? And then, and then whatever, whatever South America, South America country it was, like, it was like literally like a, yeah, it was a thriller movie. Like, he's like, he's, 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 he's in my mind with the board of the plane. Um, you know, the South, South American country, uh, folks there, uh, you know, you know, they're 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 grants asylum, asylum or whatever they call it. You know, they they allow they allow them to declare asylum, and then they're like, "Nope, sorry." And uh, as he's getting ready to board the plane, you know, his uh, his ticket gets flagged or what the fuck ever, or or he gets a notification beforehand, and um, and then he basically took up residence in the Moscow airport for. No idea how long, but I think it was six months, uh, somewhere in that range. It was months. I know that months. And then that was all in 2013. <laughs> and, and eventually Russia granted him asylum and he's been living there ever since he's still, uh, facing charges under the espionage act. Uh, if he ever comes back to the United States, um, there's a really interesting uh, conversation on on breaking points with Glenn Re- Greenwald, who uh, worked um, pretty closely, very closely, uh, and you know, publicly and behind the scenes to get uh, both Edward Snowden and uh, Julian Assange uh, pardoned, <laughs> and that that was definitely on the table until the whole January sixth thing went down, and um, yeah some of the key votes from Republicans, uh, Lindsey Graham and, um, <clears throat> probably Mitt Romney. Well, Mitt Romney already vote, voted against him anyways, but, uh, who, who else did he say? Oh, Marco Rubio it was, it was Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio, Rubio in particular. Um, basically said, if you're going to pardon, Snowden and Assange, then uh, you can go ahead and count on us uh, voting to impeach you or to convict you on this impeachment trial. And so that was a big reason as to why um, <clears throat> he uh, he decided not to uh, pardon Julian Assange and, and uh, Edward Snowden. But uh, all that aside, this dude is... Um, essentially facing prison time for warning the American public about something that we already knew, but we didn't know the, the true extent of it. Um, I, I would consider this guy a Patriot and, uh, I don't, I don't know what his ultimate goals are and his end game is, but I would highly doubt that his in in goal and his like grand scheme is to become a Russian citizen right exactly at the same time when uh, Russia is instituting their first like real military mobilization since World War II. So not an ideal time. And by the way, for the United States, not an ideal time for Russia to just go ahead and be like, "Mm, this is ours now. He 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 lives here. He's 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 Russian now. Sorry, sorry. He's he's Russian now. You you go away. He he's Russian. And um, yeah. On that note, Russia is going to war. If they hadn't been already, they fucking mean it this time. All right, they're really going to war. And um. <coughs> Shit is wild everywhere. We like we might think we've got some some kerfuffles going on here within the United States, and we do. We've got some major kerfuffles, like kerfuffle level, like atomic level kerfuffle, literally. 
Um, however, that being said, we are still not in Russia. So <clears throat> we talked a little bit about it on, um, on uh, fence post politics last week, but to kind of hone in a little bit more on that. Um, and this also coincides with, um, <coughs> the referendum, um, well, I guess it's multiple referendums. So referenda of, um, whether or not four regions in Ukraine uh, being in the east and the south, uh, the uh, Kherson, the Luhansk, Donetsk, and uh, this one's a, a doozy, let me tell you. It is, um, oh, what, what do they call that one? It was uh, Z- Zaporizhia. Um, Zaporzia, maybe. Ah, I'm not real for sure. Either way, it's um let me see if I can find that. Um it it was fun though. It was it was a fun article, let me tell you. Um and so ah, <coughs> uh, here we go. Russia declares victory in uh, sham Ukraine referendums. This is from Bloomberg. Um, and this was at, uh, 10, 19 PM, uh, Eastern time. So yeah, that was about three hours ago, I guess. Um, the Russian leaders declared victory in a series of state managed UN condemned referendums as uh, the Kremlin moved to annex a large chunk of uh, occupied Ukrainian territory after a, str- a string of humiliating uh, military setbacks. We'll come back to that. Um, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, deputy head of Russian Security Council, wrote on his official telegram that in the early hours of Wednesday that the referendums were over. Over. Re- uh, results are clear. He added, welcome home to Russia. Head of the self-styled uh, Donetsk uh, People's Republic, uh, Denis uh, Pushilin, Post on Telegram that all ballots have ballots have now been counted in his region, with ninety nine point two three percent of those polled voting to join the Russian Federation. Uh, Federation landslides were also recorded in Kherson, Zaporizhia, uh, and uh, Luhansk regions. The state owned Ria Nov- uh, Novatsky. Novosti, Novosti, Novosti. There we go. Ria Novosti, uh, news agency reported. Um, so this is uh, classic Russia, really. Um, Georgia, back in the day, was getting ready to uh, to join the UK or the the EU, not EU, NATO getting ready to join NATO and um all of a sudden there was some um instability in the region and uh Russia moved in troops and uh dealt with that problem very uh I don't it wasn't very rapidly uh nothing that Russia does except for executing uh like high level leaders uh and by executing I mean having them fall out hospital windows um and then having that as the cause of death, like the official cause of death by their, their, uh, you know, state, uh, you know, government officials that that's the best part is like, um, Oh yeah. He, he, uh, the window, not, not very secure. It's Russia, you know, it's Russia, but he fell up four four stories. Such a shame. Very smart, very smart guy. He's dead now. Could not have been avoided. Uh, but in the meantime, that just sends a, a message to everybody else because they're not even really trying to to hide that. Like, oh, if you don't go along with the plan, we'll just throw you out a fucking window. Um, 
I also should say that remember that all the shit that I'm reporting to you uh, over this stuff is stuff that I have read through, uh, I don't know, at least six different news sources. And at no point was I not encountering some sort of propaganda. So at the end of all this, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I don't think anybody else is, does either. Um, but anyway, Russia is calling up 300,000 troops. Um, most of them are going to be former, uh, former members of the Russian military veterans and, uh, and the like, um, should you have a bum knee? They're just like, Hey, sir, here's your, here's your papers. Uh, come back to the Russian military. And it's like, my knee. it's, uh, no good. No good. Uh, and there's like, yeah, cool story, Igor. Here's a rifle, seven bullets. I think, um, this, uh, this MRE or K ration, whatever the fuck they called it in, uh, you know, back in, in Soviet Union. This, you, you've got one, one food pouch. It expired during the early 80s Afghan inv- uh, invasion, but it was made at Chernobyl, so it's probably good, okay? And you got that, and you got seven bullets, none of which fit your rifle. Um... There might be one, but it was a it was a homemade round, and we took it off a of Chechen. So you're probably better off throwing it at the Ukrainian guy that you're going to be fighting. But there is a chance, however slight it might be, there is a chance that that fires like it's supposed to, and so then you could shoot one Ukrainian guy in the head. But. I wouldn't guarantee on that. And if I were you, I would hunker down behind like three or four guys that are younger than you and let them get shot first. Um, because the referendums have been held and 99.23% of the vote. So like that's a, that's beyond a landslide. That's what we call um, like the banana Republic type uh, result. Uh, Not that there was any kind of doubt about what what Russia was doing. Um, But anyway, same thing they did in Crimea uh, back in 2014. And yeah, they they just uh, they marched in a bunch of troops to Crimea and then they held elections. And I don't think it was quite as blatant as it was this time where, where they were like literally going door to door. I'm just like, uh, you need to vote, vote, vote today, vote today. Oh, uh, no vote. Oh, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll find something else for you to do. Um, and you're not going to like it. So, uh, vote, vote to join Russia or, Ah, probably slave labor camp. I, I don't know. Something something along those lines. It's it's hard to say. The Russians have never been really known to be gracious in victory on the battlefield. Um like neither have the Germans. Like I don't know if there's if there's one thing that I guess that the Americans can say is like we're I suppose the most gracious on the battlefield uh, when it, when it comes to keeping and occupying territory, but yeah, the Russians have, have not been. And uh, yeah, anyway, 300,000 troops is, is what they, they said uh, in a public address. And they also said, um, you know, they're going to, kind of limit it to the the veterans and uh, mostly to just like shore up re, uh, reinforcements and, and use the, the guys that have already served before, but that's not what the executive order said. And um, anyway, as a result flooded the border, like all the military age males um, 
are flooding the border, uh, particularly in like Kazakhstan and uh, and Finland are, are kind of the two border crossings where they're they're really using. You know, like I don't know if you ever looked at Russia on a map, but it's pretty fucking big. Um, and then if you look at the former Soviet Union on a map, it's even bigger. <laughs> so, um, yeah. The, the borders have been flooded with uh, military-age males uh, trying to get out of Russia so they don't end up in, uh, in Ukraine on the front lines, which is a real concern, um, if we're being 100% honest. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty real concern. Uh, once again, remember that it's all propaganda, so I can't... I can't truly verify anything that I've, I've heard reported, but um, like it, it's a, it's a real problem over there. Like there, there's a bunch of them trying to escape over to, uh, to Finland and to tell you that like, it, it's a, it's a real thing. It's in a one week period, they experienced an 80% increase in the number of uh, Russians, primarily fighting age males, uh, <clears throat> trying to cross the border. And there doesn't seem to be a whole like big push to, to stop it just yet. Um, there was also widespread uh, protests and riots and a lot of violence. We'll get to some of the violence later, but uh, I believe in Moscow, they they arrested something like 1300 uh anti-war protesters and then uh i forget where i heard it from but it was it's from a pretty good source um that those uh those that were arrested for their their protests were also the the ones that were the first ones conscripted into the to the military and they probably get about two weeks if they're lucky of basic training and then they're headed to the front lines. Um, as far as this, uh, like Ukrainian counteroffensive, they, they probably did strike pretty hard and, and, and probably did a little better than what Russia was expecting. <laughs> but the, the main goal of, uh, of this, this little incursion from the get go was to get, uh, Luhansk, Donetsk, and then uh, southern Ukraine, so that they'd have a, like a land bridge all the way to Crimea, and then also have the water supplied to to, to funnel into Crimea, and then also like that Eastern European or Eastern Ukrainian uh, region that's being fought so hard after has a lot of fucking natural gas. So, anyways, um, all four of those. Uh, referendums if you call them everybody on uh on audio only it's uh heavy on the air quotes uh with uh with these referendums um 99.23 percent of the vote seems pretty goddamn legitimate if you ask me so i'm sure there was no chicanery or fuckery or jackasserism uh to to sway these elections one way or the other. But essentially what that means now is uh, the Russian parliament is going to put forward a bill to annex those four regions, which will get pushed through uh, as fast as humanly possible. And then Vladimir Putin will go ahead and sign that uh, annexing those four regions into the Russian Federation and um and then he'll say hey <clears throat> don't attack these these areas uh cuz that's russia proper and i will be forced to um respond with anything and everything that i have including nukes nukes which he has already um threatened and we've also responded with a threat pretty much in kind and uh, that's just awesome when we got russia and the united states like hurling veiled threats about nuclear weapons back and forth at each other. That's fucking cool. Super cool. Cool story, Vladimir. Here's a rifle. 
and a can of peaches and uh, three bullets. I think two of them for. I think they'll fit a, you know, a U.S. fifty caliber machine gun. But hey, they were in the storehouse, and it's better than no bullets. So if you get in a real jam, throw that can of peaches right at some Ukrainian's head. All right. Get out there on the front line, Vlad. Um, yeah. You imagine. And so they're, they're also, I think it was uh, the border into Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. However, you know, the, <coughs> the place where Borat's from. Um, typically it's about a 30 minute process to get across the border. And now that's backed up to about 12, 15 hours. And, uh, Oh fuck. That's, that's, uh, just a scene straight out of, uh, world war two and the cold war where you just, you're just waiting at a border crossing and hoping that you can bullshit your way past this border guard. Um, they are they looking for you maybe but they're also just maybe looking for anybody suspicious and you fit the bill so you're you're just and oh what, what's your age oh you're under 40 you can go to ukraine motherfucker cool story alexi you're going to ukraine here's a rifle and howdy there i'm matt mckinley with the burning daylight podcast you ever wanted to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for for podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh so no matter what uh your setup was like, you can uh start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um and also, if you want to take your conversations to, uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer, answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your, your podcast there, and, and you, get your, you get you know valuable interactions with your, fan, your fans. And uh, <clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's, uh, that, that is true. Um, <laughs> I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use, or the podcast uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're, uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh, with, uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify. And, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started. If you, if you've ever thought about starting a podcast, this is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about, just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. A chunk of, of yak butter. Trade it for something else that went that you might need when you get to the front lines, but be careful that ship spoils. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, and then then you get drafted. Say say you're like uh, you're you're one of these young revolutionary types, just like wanting to do good in the world, and 
they announce this mobilization. And you're just like, oh hell no! And I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them hear this voice. I'm gonna get out there right in St. Petersburg's St. Petersburg Square or whatever the fuck it is in Moscow. St. Petersburg, I guess, is is another city in in Russia. What what is the is it like Communism Square or like Stalin Square, Lenin Square? I don't know. But like the, the main place where they make their speeches in, in, in Russia. Like, and you're just like, fuck you guys. I'm going to protest the shit out of this. And then you get arrested and immediately drafted. And you're just like, fuck, this backfired painfully, very painfully. I'm probably going to get just get murked by a a long range US made missile system that isn't supposed to be there but hey we're fighting Russia and and this guy he was protesting Russia and now he's dead in a trench in Ukraine somewhere so that's 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 neat cool story Nikita here's a rifle and an old couple old cans of lutefisk. I don't know if that stuff ever goes bad, but here's your chance to find out. You'll know somewhere in the Donetsk region how good this lutefisk is. Please report back to your command on how that goes. Um, I can't decide if we're on the uh, on the the verge of like a hot world war or if we're just on like a like a resurgence of the cold war i can't really decide and um but also a lot of reports and once again take all of this with a grain of salt because it is nothing but full-blown propaganda from every side of this story that you can imagine from ukraine russia uh united states Great Britain, all all of the the NATO countries are pretty well in lockstep, but not not necessarily completely in lockstep. And then you got the Russian side of the story, and like, and then you got the Ukrainian side of the story, and it is it's all propaganda all the time. So who the fuck knows? Uh, anyhow, cool story, Ivan. Get your ass in the foxhole. We got a war to fight. That's basically the, from what I understand, the mood in Russia right now. Um, and speaking of, speaking of authoritarians, um, fascism is back, baby. According to all the, like your legacy news outlets, uh, had an election in Italy and there and of course it's a parliamentary system so it's not a two party um which would be terrible you know everybody everybody looks like look at these other countries and how much of a shit show it is with their multiple parties uh two parties the way to go because you get fucked equally that way i guess but you feel like you're fighting the other side while you're getting fucked so it's kind of a I don't know if uh, bondage is the right right term. Um, anyway, Italy voted, and uh, the right wing coalition won a majority. And uh, what is this lady's name? Um, Georgina, Georgia, something along there we go. Um, Georgia Maloney. Maloney. It's it almost sounds Irish, but it's not spelled like M A L O N E Y. Um, it should be. And then maybe maybe I'll take the Italian seriously. Far right leader Georgia Maloney has set us to become Italian prime minister. So how that works is. If your party doesn't have an outright majority, you've got to find um, other parties that will back you uh, in leading a new government. 
And um, so you don't necessarily have to have the, the most of the vote, but you've got to be able to build a coalition if you don't have a majority. And it, it seems to be like a, how just a collection of, of European right-wing groups, which, you know, I think, I think Bernie Sanders would be akin to somebody like, Oh, I don't know. Sheriff Joe Apio or Arapio. Like that'd probably be the same, like a right winger in, uh, in Europe would be Bernie Sanders, but you know, in, in, in European language, he'd be on the same level as it's like that, that super conservative, uh, sheriff out there in Arizona. Anyway, um, I read a lot of articles on this, uh, Georgia Maloney and I've listened to a couple of her speeches. I'll have to trust the, the captions that she said, what was actually printed up there. But from what I read, on the teleprompter, the closed captioning while she was given a speech. If that was all true, I kind of like her. I, I agree with her on most, uh, just about everything. She, I was, I don't know about that, but a, a lot of the points that she made, I really, really agreed with. It kind of resonated with me, even though I'm not, uh, Italian, but, um, <clears throat> She was big on traditional family values, which I think is important. She was uh, anti-LGBTQ, whatever the the rest of it that I left off. Um, That agenda, she is anti that. And she is anti-mass immigration, particularly coming from Syria, which um, if you paid attention at, at all in the last uh, 15 years, uh, we started some shit over in Syria and never really finished it. Um, anyway, it sparked off a huge civil war, um, over a million people displaced and a lot of them coming to Europe. And uh, if you ever look at a map of Italy and their proximity to Syria, the Middle East and Africa, it's pretty fucking close, like close enough where like uh cubans they can just take a boat over to italy uh just like they do to florida so it's it's a real real big issue kind of pretty much akin to the the southern border issue and um she sounds like a regular conservative uh who has had enough and um everywhere i've seen has pointed out almost exclusively that the party that she is a, a member of has roots in the fascist movement back in the twenties and thirties. Um, I have not heard if they've uh, put forward a fascist candidate in the last 30 years, but their origins go back to fascism. So that's what we got to, that's, that's what we're, we're, we're banking our response off of. And therefore she's at, uh, the next Mussolini next Mussolini in Italy. She might be, I don't fucking know. Maybe, um, it'd be interesting. Like who, who does Italy go fight with? If, uh, if she is a full fascist, who, who's the other full fascist in, in, uh, Europe that we know about like Ukraine. I think I think they're the closest to being um full-fledged uh, fascist government at the moment. Um that they've kind of got their hands full at the moment, but I bet you they'll take all the all the help they can get from Italy if this this chick is indeed fascist, but uh she's also like kind of on the record of like not so much uh not so much getting involved in the Ukraine deal. She's kind of backed off of that a little bit since uh, she's uh, the new leader and whatnot, but uh, regardless of all that, she's, um, I don't know. Like if, if fascism did take off again, like, I don't know who, who the, like who the allies are there? Like who who the, who's the big players? I really don't know. 
it seems like they're like all of Europe is kind of like they're they're kind of at um, Russia's got them by the cojones, just squeezing, twisting a little bit, maybe uh, maybe holding them up and giving them a little a little flick flick to the sack. Um, yeah, particularly because uh, winter is coming and uh, pretty. Mucho rapido and uh the energy prices are through the fucking roof. And also like Nord Stream 2 got shot shut down uh over this Ukraine Russia war. But Nord Stream 1 was still still, 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 still open. And that's the big thing. I believe it's it's all natural gas, but anyway, big pipeline coming from Russia into Europe. Um yeah, they're having some malfunctions now that uh, speculation is that it was uh, sabotaged by Russia blowing up a couple different uh, sections. Also, right in conjunction with this uh, military mobilization. mobilization. Um, um, was it was it Russian Russia did it? it. Yeah, probably, probably. Maybe, maybe. Doubtful, doubtful. But a matter, matter. Not much, not much. Think, think. Seems like Europe here is already. Uh, they've kind of planted their flag. Like you, we're gonna pay this much, much oil and no more, more from Russia, Russia, and just shut down the pipeline. So, so it's a big chicken contest, and Russia has Russia, Germany. Germany has installed more firewood than they have in, in like the modern era. So, so uh, probably going to suck, suck in Europe, Europe for uh, further more seriously. I'd imagine. Uh, but also, uh, also meanwhile, meanwhile, I forget where these orders came from. from. Um, um, but there are. Chinese, Chinese and Russian, Russian naval ships, ships um, uh, doing exercises off of uh, the Aleutian Island on the Alaska coast, coast in international waters. waters but, but of course, we got to send the Coast Guard ship up there. Let them know that we're like, hey, see you. Let them know what's up. Anyway, probably not good. Probably not good. Good. Essentially, uh, what did they say? Collapsed. They didn't say imploded, um, but collapsed due to this hurricane. And um, as a result, for the first time ever since uh, the communist regime took over in Cuba, they are 100% on equal footing. Very egalitarian right now. A uh, worker is standing you know, arm in arm, united with a worker, who's arm in arm, united with the federal, uh, well, I don't know what they call it the federal government, but the Cuban governmental officials, and they are standing arm in arm, united in the fact that they all have no powers because, or no, no electrical power because communism will save the day. Um, so, um, hats off to Cuba. Hope you get, hope you get that figured out. Um, another one I thought was really interesting. Um, there were, uh, groups of armed, uh, black protesters 
uh, outside the, the Texas State Capitol in Austin, and they were all armed, like heavily armed, uh, much like you would expect from a uh, conservative, um, I hate to use the word, but like militia type uh, member. Um, uh, at these protests, look at like the Proud Boys and uh, and some of the, those ones that like take the security part um, really seriously, and they're, you know they're wearing a full kit, black jacket, um, you know, carrying an AR or AK, whatever, whatever your 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 gun du jour uh, du jour of the day, um, whatever your gun du jour is, um, but put them all in blackface, but like real blackface. And they're all like, yeah, just a bunch of armed black folks. And they're protesting outside the the state Capitol before all you conservatives get nervous. They're all also protesting the open borders and they're pissed off at the Mexicans. So the headline should read is armed blacks protest Mexicans. Um, cause that's literally what happened. Um, but that's not inclusive enough, so it should read armed blacks pro, uh, protest Mexicans, Venezuelans, and other Central uh, Central Americans. Um, but either way, it was uh, it was an I, I don't know how you'd classify them, except other than just more more than anything, just a black rights group. But they were protesting out out in front of the Texas Capitol. Uh, really giving uh, Greg Abbott some shit for not closing the borders and also demanding reparations. So, um, yeah, uh, how much do you truly believe in the Second Amendment, all, all you conservatives? Because if you truly believe in it, then you got to somehow make peace with all these armed black people that, that want also want reparations. And, uh, Oh man, liberty is a messy thing, isn't it? It's messy, messy shit. Uh, but on on the, I don't know. I guess I don't know. If the closing note, I guess. Um, Pennsylvania has a really hotly contested uh, Senate race going on. Doctor Oz, uh, I assume some of you know who he is uh, just from his TV career. I'm aware of the name. I still don't know what the fuck that guy's famous for. I just know, I know him from TV, I guess, but I don't know anything about him. He's running against like a super Pennsylvanian. Um, he's a union guy from, from somewhere in, I, I want to say like the, the Pittsburgh region. The dude is six foot nine inches tall and he goes to all of his events wearing gym shorts and a hoodie and apparently he's got a bunch of tattoos and, um, you know, conservatives being what conservatives are, they can't allow that. The Democrats, those fucking evil Democrats with their tattoos and shit. What next? Where are we going from tattoos? Can't get much worse. Um, but the main controversy is he's got a whole bunch of tattoos and he's, he's on record saying that he, uh, for every, person that died while he was the mayor of this uh this town um he he got the you know the date of their death uh tattooed because it you know it was a big deal for him he also had a tattoo that said i will make you hurt uh you know it was a line from either the nine inch nails or the johnny cash uh song hurt was a nine inch nails song also also performed by Johnny Cash, but y'all know, you know, song hurt classic song. Um, he decided maybe that wasn't a good thing to have tattooed on him. Got it, got it covered up. And now it's at the forefront of Republican controversy because after the whole Roe versus Wade, uh, ruling, Boy, we went the the conservative side has went straight back to Puritan, you know, puritanical behavior, where we're gonna outlaw all the abortions and we're coming for the gays and the birth control, and uh, also for your tattoos with your sinful lyrics. I will make you hurt. What does that mean, John Fetterman? What do you mean by that tattoo? And just, you know, just so you know, 
using the fact that it's a cool tattoo as an excuse. Not going to fucking fly around here. Explain yourself, sir. What do you mean by I will make you hurt? Are you a Nine Inch Nails fan? That should disqualify you from being in the Senate. That alone, the tattoo is irrelevant. (sighs) Fucking tattoos, conservatives. I understand that um, you might get a couple grannies out in Arkansas. Meemaws. They're going to get upset about the the dang tattoos on on a United States senator. But also remember, Fox News, they're only going to buy your advertisers' products for like another six months before they're gone. And, um, but I mean, if they, they want to, they want to fade into the background of obscurity while everybody else, uh, gets their, their news elsewhere, that's, that's fine too. But, uh, maybe, maybe this, uh, Dr. Oz is just not a great candidate and they're, they're, you know, they're falling back on this whole deal where <clears throat> tattoos are bad and cool. Tattoos are bad. And so, so, you know, they're on your body permanently, and then it's not, not a good thing. It's kind of bad and good. Um, yeah, it's fucking, what a fucking ridiculous. Of, of all the shit that you, you could, uh, you could just harp on about the Democrats, you're, 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 <coughs> you're going over going after a dude uh, for a tattoo that he had covered. And by the way, it wasn't a swastika. It wasn't, wasn't anything that it was just a song lyric. So tattoos, bad guy, partnership, partisan politics. That's where it's at. You know, it's just to make sure you really, really get in there on the partisan politics and, uh, and that'll make things better. Okay. Uh, and uh, just remember that that, that tattoos, bad. Well, what a fucking joke. Um, on the bright side, um, football has been a lot of fun to watch and there's been no politics in it. So cheers to the NFL for that. Um, Broncos better get their shit in gear if they're going to make back that uh, $250 million or whatever they paid Russell Wilson. But anyway, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. I think that's going to be, uh, we're going to do a football and, uh, and gambling show. Um, yeah, it's a weird world out there. Um, I don't, I don't like to, you know, I've kind of made a concerted effort to, to make shit more entertaining here as uh, we're heading into, into election season, but it's also still very important to keep track of what's going on because, uh, shit moves real fast nowadays. So, um, Stay informed and um but don't don't take it all too seriously, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Weird world that we live in, but there's some good there's some good stuff to take your mind off it. So anyway, this podcast is one of them. Go 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 sign up, subscribe, rate, review, all that shit. And if you'd really like to help the show, head over to patreon.com slash burning daylight. Sign up there or head uh, uh sign up on Spotify for the paid uh episodes. Four ninety nine a month is the starting price. Uh well, that's the price on Spotify. Five bucks a month on uh, it's starting spot. Uh on Patreon. That's the best way to help out the show. I do appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, Aaron may be back next week. I don't know. He'll be walking a little bit spraddle-legged because, you know, the whole gay shit that that he does when when he's not doing uh, fence post politics. So, he may be back. He may not. I don't know. We'll see, but I bet you the world will still be intact by this time next week. And that's all we can really hope for at this point. Cause yeah, shit, shit could happen, but we'll see you back next week. Cause I think that'll happen. And, um, on that note, y'all have a wonderful rest of the week and, uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. guys and bad guys cowboys and indians